It's the Daily Talk Show. We're in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, man. What's up, guys? Ryan Nicodemus. So I've never listened to your show. What's your show usually uh, about? Oh, look, we talk about a lot of things. Uh, it's a mixed bag. It's a bit of banter, a bit of self-development. A bit, okay. of, bit of minimalism. Okay. Because we were in this studio only last year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, with, uh, with Josh. With Milburn, yeah. my other half. Uh-huh. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Ryan Nicodemus. I'm one half of The Minimalists, me and my best friend of like 25 years. We've been friends since we were fat little fifth graders. Uh-huh. Fat little fifth graders. We, uh, we have a podcast, blog, books. Uh, just look up The Minimalists and you'll find all that stuff. That's, that's good. Um, I see you guys wore the uniform. Thanks for, yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah, for wearing yeah, the uniform. Yeah, we got the appreciate it. Yeah. There was a security guard downstairs and he... Just, um, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I know who you're shoes. here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to shoes off, only thongs. That's, that's it. Oh, you guys don't call them thongs. Loincloths. Loincloths. Well, oh, wait, you're talking about the feet. feet thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, thongs are something completely different. Uh, yeah. what, what, have you, what are they that you have on? These are Jesus sandals. They, yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, no, these are, they're called Zero Shoes. Mm-hmm. It's spelled X-E-R-O. And they're like barefoot. I try to hold them up for the camera, but yeah, I'm really like stupid trying to be really flexible. I saw... You don't post a great deal on social media. No. But you did do one of you in a headstand. And yeah. You mentioned that you broke your back. Yeah, I broke my back. So, um, yeah, man. So, I was snowboarding uh, last January. Yeah, so like just about a year ago and ran into a tree. I broke uh, on this side, on my left side, I broke five transverse processes. Every single transver- transverse processes on my lumbar. So, the transverse processes are, are those, they're the two little bones that mm-hmm. stick out from the vertebrae. Mm. So I snapped. You don't need them. Yeah. Well, it is kind of <laughs> like breaking ribs. So okay. it's funny because every doctor I saw, they're like, if you had to choose how to break your back, this is the way you would want I mean, that's to what break you want your to back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, as you can tell, like I'm back at it. Yeah. And so no, no issue? No, no, I, no, I mean, I'm still a little numb back there, um, but I've been taking good care of myself with like massage therapy and chiropractor. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording mm. this, like how important a chiropractor to have a good chiropractor in your mm. life. Like mm. that is, that's one aspect to like living a healthful life, man. Mm. Like mm. staying in alignment uh, for sure. What was the um, perspective gained from having an injury like that? Uh, I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> I guess, I'm thir- I just turned 38. Trees Dude, don't move. Well, yeah. <laughs> Trees don't move. That's a good one. I'll tell, you well. what's, I'll tell you what's really crazy though is like when I, when I hit the tree, I heard snap, 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 snap. And I, and I hit the ground and I couldn't feel below my waist. Okay. And, and instantly I was like, oh no. Like my, <laughs> my life is like going to be very different moving here forward. But what's crazy though is that, so in that instant, and it really was just an instant because I started to like move my feet to try and move them and I could hear them moving. I just couldn't feel them. I'm like, oh, that's a good sign. So like, I'm still going to be able to move my feet. I just can't feel them right now. But in that instant where I, I did think that like I might have been paralyzed, like if you were to tell me earlier in the day, like, hey, Ryan, are you, if you were to ask me, like, hey, Ryan, uh, if you would be paralyzed, like, how would you feel? I'd be like, I don't know. I might, I don't know. I might just, like, mm. kill myself. I'd just be depressed. I, I don't know. Like, you know, I'd have this. But mm. in the moment, it wasn't that bad. Oh, that's good. In the moment, I was just like, oh, like, yeah, I really screwed up my life. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be different. But, like, I'll I'll still be all right. I'll give you a there story a, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You so, could do a few episodes on it on the podcast. I think I certainly have had, um, I, th- I definitely talked about it on the podcast at a certain <laughs> point. But it's funny, you're not, actually, I was telling someone that story yesterday. They told me the same exact thing. They're like, you should record that. I'm like, I did record that. <laughs> <laughs> People feel sorry. Patreon money goes yeah, up. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Win-win. So, the picture you're talking about, I was on a... Um, on a, a paddleboard, yeah, doing up. a headstand, yeah. So, yeah, stand up paddleboard. We were over down in Redondo Beach. If you guys have been to Redondo Beach, yeah, yeah we it's did. beautiful. We did. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, so we were down there, and um, 
it's just feel good to be able to like do I can do everything I can mm. knock on wood that I have mm. before I broke my back uh-huh. uh, like workouts are fine it's still really tight back there like I still have to get get a lot of stuff worked out but mm. I'm really lucky and yeah I'm pretty much invincible no <laughs> if anything I realize I'm not invincible yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're trying to do firsts in Los Angeles so things we've never done before oh sweet uh, and we went to MedMen uh, the other night oh nice uh, you, should, you should know that in Australia, it's illegal. Oh yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Did yeah. you guys? Did you guys? Um, how was it? Did you get like too well, paranoid? Well, so, no, we haven't. So we haven't. <laughs> well, we, so haven't we, we haven't gotten anything. But we were talking about it on the podcast, and we decided that we would do it for the first time. Yeah. Do you have any experience that you can give in regards to gummies? For, first well, here, here's, time. Doing here's what I say about edibles, man. Okay. And here's what I told Melbourne. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, because he, because uh, he um, was looking at it medicinally, and I gave him like a really strong edible. Yeah. And I was and like, strong? It, it, was, strong? it was like, uh, how many milligrams? 200 milligrams for this edible. <laughs> that was like maybe, you know, like an inch by inch yeah. square. That was like the strongest starburst. that we could see online. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, it's the strongest you can get. Yeah. Were you trying to kill him? <laughs> no, no, no. You can't really die from eating too much. Anyway. Well, the med men's saying is no yeah. one's died from marijuana. Right. Oh, no really? one's ever, yeah. yeah no, no one's ever died from whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Just the shit so, that you do. But the, yeah. It. So I was telling Josh, I'm like, here's this. I'm like, it's really strong. If you like, if you, cause he's like, oh, you know, I like, um, I've tried, you know, uh, uh, 30 milligrams before and it didn't really do anything. I said, okay, well, if you do a corner, that's 50 milligrams. I'm like, so start with 50 milligrams and then, you know, go from there. And, uh, I said, but I just want to let you know, you, you might eat too much and think you're going to die. <laughs> I was like, but you're not going to die. And this is very important that when you think to yourself, I might die from this. You're not going to die. Yeah, so yeah. that's my biggest piece of advice. Long story short, he ate the 50 <laughs> and like, he's got a, I should let him tell the story. I wish he was here to tell yeah. it. Uh, he uh, basically had a really hard time, like forgot how to use the bathroom. Um, was like, like, like shit everywhere. Yeah, dude. Right. <laughs> it was like he was like shit he's like on the wall. Well, he's got this great weird. story about how he like uh, got up from bed because he had to pee, but he had to like crawl to the toilet, and he eventually got there and he stood up, and it took you know that was its own journey crawling to the toilet, and then like as he's standing there, he's like, and then I forgot how to pee, <laughs> and then it and then like eventually you know he got back to bed, and he was like you know I was laying there, and I he goes he wasn't worried about dying. He was worried about being scared that he was going to die. <laughs> and so for a couple of blokes who haven't yeah, just, ever done it. Yeah, I mean, have fun. Um, and, uh, Should we just, have food just with know, this? Or like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, I guess you get the munchies. But, you know, my biggest advice is, is like no one's ever died from an overdose. And if you feel like you're going to die, you just have to remind yourself like you're, you're not, not going, going to, yeah, to yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How, how has the laws changed culture in LA in regards to not too much man I mean people are more laid back I don't uh-huh. know dude I really don't I really don't use a, a, mm-hmm. a ton of that dude I uh, I think when I first got here it was like a novelty aspect mm-hmm. sure. but like now that I've been here in two years I'm like mm-hmm. I hardly ever like use marijuana at all dude so alcohol marijuana mm-hmm. you you talk openly about like was it a pill issue that you had yeah yeah, yeah dude yeah well I mean Dayton Ohio is the overdose capital of the world mm-hmm. I mean, they hand out opiates. They used to. I mean, the laws have gotten better, but 10 years ago, they would hand out opiates like, oh, you've got a headache. Here are some opiates. Mm. So, yeah, long story short, like, I broke my thumb, and um, I was given a copious amount of opiates, and uh, that's kind of what started me down this path of, um, yeah, dude, just a really dark path of, like, Mm. taking a pill to make myself feel like I had won the lottery. It's like you could just be sitting on your couch and, like... 
All your worries. You, yeah. All your dude. worries. Yeah, disappear. and like everything's falling apart, but you're like, oh, I feel yeah. great. But um, I got to. Well, it's it's crazy because like when you start that road, um, eventually the pills stop working. You always have to find something stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like if you've if taking it is like winning the lottery? Mm-hmm. Is coming down off it like losing all your money? Oh yeah, it's like yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, but it got to a point for me where I was like, oh, uh, like heroin was the next step. And I really, I saw like, you know, my life bifurcating one or two ways. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I was like, I need to go get some help. Yeah. So I went and got help and got off of it. And I haven't touched that stuff in years and years and years. But, and we always, but yeah, it was, I would not like the, the, the withdrawal, the coming down from yeah. it. Um, that I wouldn't, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. Like it is the worst thing I've ever had to go through in my life. And who around you is, is Josh there is, you know? Yeah. Josh was there. I didn't, I hit it really well and no one could ever tell. Cause you were happy from while right. you were on the pill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so yeah, it, I could hide it really well. And it wasn't until I really found myself like really needing help is when I was like, Josh, I, I got a problem, dude, I need help. And he mm-hmm. was totally there for me and it was very, yeah, very supportive and it was a long road, but, uh, totally worth the battle but it is like god dude that I, again I would not wish that mm. that on my worst enemy so it's the worst feeling in the world when you have an accident like breaking your back pretty serious mm-hmm. what's the approach there because yeah so I did get pain pills for that but the thing is is like I didn't abuse them okay it's the problem is when you if you take them as prescribed it's not typical I mean in my experience and um, there's certainly exceptions to the rule but if you take them as prescribed you know one pill every six to eight hours it actually helps with pain Mm. if you take you know i was taking like 10 at once to get Mm. that to try and get that you know that that feeling and that is where you get hooked is when you're chasing that feeling so um yeah like after i broke my back um i got prescribed some pain pills but i took them as prescribed um was there a fear there oh yeah yeah i actually we have a cabinet um a filing cabinet that locks and i made mariah like lock them up and just give them to me. Yeah. Not that I ever, I just didn't even want to like be tempted. Yeah. But I did, I did really well with it, man. And actually oh, it was great. kind of a lesson in like, I don't know. I, like, I feel like I've grown up a little bit, yeah. you know, I'm not saying I'm not susceptible to ever, you know, uh, cause I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm over it and everything's yeah. good. Cause like, it's, you know, I feel it that way, but certainly, um, I'm always going to be cautious. Is, is there a conversation? Are the people around you more cautious? Is because no. I guess like internally, mm-hmm. you know how you feel and and whether your headspace in is in the. I don't want to get into this. Yeah. Was there any convincing of the doctor or with your partner Mariah? No. About that? No. I think Mariah and I talked about it. I, I talked about it with Josh a little bit, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, there's certainly. Uh, I guess there's certainly a little bit of hesitation, mm-hmm. but it's, um, if anything, you just kind of take that, that hesitation and that trepidation and, and make sure you're making as good decision as you, mm. as you can. If, if I felt, I don't know. I mean, if it did become a problem, I would like to think I would just be like, Hey, Mariah, flush those down the toilet or something. Mm. But it never got to that point. I never That's once great. felt like I was yearning for it. Cause the other thing too is like, you got to think I was taking pills to cover up my unhappiness. Mm. Like it was, it was something that I used to make myself feel like I was living a different life. But like now I'm living a good, I have nothing to hide from now, yeah, you know? I mean, I'm not perfect. And uh-huh. you know, obviously like I carry a lot of, you know, a lot of 
baggage and whatnot. But you know, for all intents and purposes, there's nothing to run from. Mm. Yeah. Have you worked out what makes you happy? Oh, I'm, I think happiness is kind of a farce. Honestly, mm. I think it's like the the pursuit of happiness is kind of bullshit. I mean, it's weird. My whole life, I remember when I was a kid, and I thought I was like you know this genius as a kid i was like because growing up you always hear people talk what is the point of life what is you know why are we here and i'm pondering this as a child by seven years old and all of a sudden it hit me and i'm like oh the point of life is to be happy and i was so proud of myself i'm like oh that's what i got to work towards but the problem is that when you chase happiness happiness is ephemeral so i would i would say that like a i chased happiness um you know when i got my sales job and seven promotions in less than a decade and, you know, uh, winning different awards for being the best person, you know, salesperson at my company, um, constantly chasing the bigger paycheck, the new car, the different vacation, you know, I was chasing happiness and I'd argue that I'd get it every once in a while. I mean, I, but as soon as I had it, it was like, it like slipped out from underneath my grasp and then like had to reach more. So like, it's this thing that I never actually was able to grab and hold on to. I don't think it ever is, man. So what is your North star then? So my, my whole thing is really focusing on living a meaningful life. Like that, that is to me, that's the purpose of life and a meaningful life. It just so happens that a beautiful byproduct of living a meaningful life is happiness like you, you do obtain some happiness from it. but living for happiness because you could take pills that'll make you happy mm-hmm. you could t- you know there are a lot of drugs out there that yeah. will ostensibly what Reese's peanut internally. butter cups right yeah exactly. <laughs> makes me happy yes yeah yeah you could eat all the Reese's yeah. take all the drugs um but but then you know I, I, there's a certain point too where like um you're eating the Reese's and you're happy, mm. but but it's like but only then you're sad. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, but while you're happy, you start to exp- you're like I'm happy, but I know there's guilt coming. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So, no the uh, the 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 point for me is is to basically you know my short term actions they align with my long term values and my beliefs and like that's if you can do that like you're probably gonna live a pretty happy life. The problem is that we start to like take these actions that are not in alignment with our values mm-hmm. and we'll sacrifice things like, you know, I would, I would be like, Oh, I'll work 80 hour weeks, you know, just for a couple years and then I'll everything, I'll have everything figured out. Or yeah, I just, you know, my mom lives just, you know, a, a, a 15 minute drive from me. I know I only see her a few times a year. I should probably see her more, but I'll get to that, you know, five years. And we constantly mm-hmm. are making these compromises to what, you know, our, priorities are uh-huh. how much and then that's and then you just you, you yeah. just end up making compromises yeah. the rest of your life our geographical location how much do you think it determines or adds to a, a level of happiness or you know the well, opportunity I, to be, be happy yeah of course i mean see i like i'm mariah and i we're definitely more mountain folk than city folk uh i love living in los angeles it's freaking awesome i mean i wake up every morning I'm like I am so lucky to live in the city but we would much rather be in Montana because mm-hmm. that's our preference so the reason- mountain folk because I mean we have like country folk in Australia what are they called Bogans we're city slickers but also Bogans yeah. but I think what, what is what's what embodies a mountain folk person oh what? uh we just we I actually prefer um I, I prefer like uh uh 
lessly populated area, less conveniences, more scenery than conveniences, basically. Now, L.A., we, you can get some pretty decent scenery, yeah. but the problem is, is like Runyon Canyon, for example. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah you decide to go there, and so did 10,000 other people yeah. decide yeah, to go exactly. there. So, like, um, and all the dogs. And I'm an extrovert, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm an extrovert. I love hanging around people, uh-huh. but I like hanging around the people that I prefer to hang around mm. and it's not that and it's not that um there's not people i prefer to hang out with in la it's there are if anything there are too many people i prefer to hang out with i don't have enough time to hang out with all of them but the problem is is that there's all the people i prefer to hang out with and then again ten thousand other people mm. in the periphery so um yeah i think location absolutely is it, it can be important and i think people should go out of their way to to you know live in an environment that they feel good in that mm. you know makes them thrive but here's the thing is like milburn hates montana yeah like he would you know someone like him like think about montana is stressful it you know like it, he would be miserable back there so the fact that yeah i mean you just got to know what your preferences are and go for it but it does, doesn't make living in montana right or wrong it's just it's that's what you know my preference is mm. you've been doing uh the minimalist for how long now a decade, 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. we're planning to do the daily talk show for 10 years. Okay. So you're a great person to ask, what what should we be expecting when taking on a long-term partnership? Dude, you know, it's. I was just actually going to ask you like, so in, in 10 years, like, uh-huh. is that is that when you're allowed to be happy? No, well, no. <laughs> I think it's... Or, or is it over after 10 years? Well, we don't know. We, but we know that we're committing to... Yeah. A, a There's got to be time to commit to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I... Um, it's less about the finishing point and more about shooting for for something Mm. to then be able to so yeah no i totally understand that but it's funny how like josh and i got a documentary and we have a book there are a million other things for us to do but like i'm not even looking at that stuff right now yeah um so i i would just i would say look at your projects on like a yearly basis or a six-month basis thinking 10 years out stresses me out dude yeah my, so how did my, you get there? You, got to, you look- got to 10 years though which is impressive so for you it was the well, incremental year yeah. year and then you end up started out we were just going to do the blog mm-hmm. and then people are like oh you're the minimalists you should write a book on minimalism and i'm like oh yeah that makes sense so then we wrote a book and then we went on tour with the book and then we wanted to write another book and then we wanted to write another book then matt Devella came to us he's like hey let's do documentary you're like oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea so it's not that we've been flying by the seat of our pants. That's mm. absolutely not it. The thing is, is that when we got into this work, there were things thrust upon us to put on our plate and we yeah. could choose whether or not we wanted to put those things on our plate. So, so did opportunities dictate what ended up? It's because Tommy and I, our growth has been slow. We've been yeah. building over time, but it's not like... Um, it's never felt like, oh, we've been given this crazy opportunity based on something that's happened. Uh, yeah, so ha- I'm just curious about that getting through the um, like two, three, four, five, six years. Like it's a long time. I, but, well, I mean, Josh and I, we look at it in like a year or maybe two year increments. Mm-hmm. So we have one big, big project that we're working on each year that mm-hmm. we're focusing on. Uh, right now, it's our documentary. We have a book coming out because we've signed a deal. It's got to be out like 2021. Mm-hmm. So that'll be next year. Although we're still working on that this year. But there's some overlap because this documentary we've been working on for three years yeah. takes uh, time yeah I mean that actually I know this has nothing to do with your question but let me tell you something about this documentary yeah we recorded everything 
last last January January of 2018. Well, we bumped in to Josh uh, just on. Uh, it was right near the Whole Foods. We're walking along Santa Monica uh, Boulevard. Mm. And uh, this was just after, like it would being eight months okay. um, after we'd sort of hung out. And he was like, yeah, I think you were at the stage of you just shot this yeah. thing in a beautiful warehouse. Yeah, beautiful warehouse, had a, had a crowd in there. And then like Matt Diavella did his thing with it, which for what he had, it was the best that could have been done with that mm-hmm. footage. But dude, it was like, it was, it just was not. We just weren't super excited about mm. it. It was like a comedy special without the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it was just like this, there was something, there was just something that wasn't, it, it just didn't feel right. So we scrapped the entire thing. And like, there is some things from that footage that Matt got that we will use, but by and large, like we're redoing mm. the whole thing. Was that hard? Yeah, well, I mean, see, Josh and I, we don't have any expectations with any of our works. Mm. The only expectations we have, I guess, it's not expectations. It's we have high standards, so we keep our standards high. We keep our expectations low. So when something like that does happen, it's not like oh, but we were planning on like this was our paycheck. Mm. Like that wasn't it. Yeah. But what about between yourself and Josh? What? How does that? Trend, how does that situation play yeah, out? Is it like a small conversation? Like, hey, do you not happy? No, I mean it, it was a conversation. Me, Josh, and Matt got on the phone, and Matt was like, "So what do you think?" And I was like. What do you think? (laughs) No, I told him exactly what I just said. I was like, Matt, you did a phenomenal job with what we gave you. But what we gave you was not very great. And he was like, well, and it was just, you know, we just kind of talked it out between the three of us. And, um, but I tell you what, dude, like letting go of that, it actually feels really good to just be able Mm -hmm. to kind of let it go and be like, okay, we're not going to sit here and beat ourselves up. We're going to start over. We've got, because, you know, again, if if Josh and I were like, okay, we gotta this has gotta be filmed in January. Matt's yeah. gotta have edited by February, and then we gotta go sell this thing. We gotta we gotta pay rent. Like that's the position we've never put ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, our minimalist lifestyle has helped us get to that spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because like my secret is people ask like, what does minimalism really do for you? And like, I mean, to kind of be cheeky, it's like my secret is, is I spend less money than what I make, and I started doing that ten years ago. So I don't, you know, I, I'm not sitting here and you swarmed in debt. So we have the opportunity, we have the freedom to be like, yeah, you know what? We're going to spend another year on this project that was supposed to be done last year, but we're going to spend another year on it because that's what needs to be done. I think high standards, I think we hold high standards for the stuff Mm. we do, which on the other side of that is quite a lot of pressure personal pressure on the projects we're doing right the team pressure is it the same yeah those pressures come from expectations i think though so you know if you could if you can keep those expectations as low as possible there's got to be some right Mm. um but ultimately like the lowest the lower you can keep your expectations i mean the happier you're going to be with the results but the key is you have to have high standards you can't have low standards and low expectations and then yeah. yeah, I mean, it's gonna everything's gonna fall apart really quickly. What's the difference between standards and expectations? Standards is, are you happy with it? Are you happy with the quality? Have you mm-hmm. done the work that you can do to make this creation as best as possible? What else can you do to that creation to make it great? And then you let it go. And then if it it might, you know, it might fly away and get shot out of the sky real quick. But if you feel good about it, like that's that's what matters, man. And that's how Josh and I have been approaching this whole thing. It's like. You know, we write for us. Um, like anytime we write anything, record a podcast, it's, you know, like how would I talk to Ryan? And I know there's at least one other Ryan's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, yeah. in terms of audience 
because I, I hear a lot of people saying, and I think we do the same. We make this show for us. We do something that we can do sustainably mm-hmm. and show up every day. When you're thinking about audience and then the feeling of we write for us, where's the consideration or is what you guys, have you identified as you guys and how you create is what the audience has been resonating with and connecting with. Well, I mean, there's you want to respect the audience to a certain level, but ultimately, like, what I mean by that is, is, like, I'll try to cuss as little as possible because mm. I want to respect our audience. Is that a new thing? No. No. No, I mean, we still we cuss everyone. a little bit. Yeah, no, we, say, we, we cuss sometimes, but, I mean, it's more about, like, I probably not thinking about it would cuss more because that's just how I was raised mm-hmm. when, you know, school. I mean, that's just like, it's in my vernacular. I'm not proud of it. It just is. But to the extent of curse words, that's where I'm like, okay, I'm going to respect the audience and I'm not going to sit here and cuss a lot because there's kids listening. I know yeah. parents are like, Hey, come and listen to this. And it's, you know, so like that's, but that's to the extent, you know, like I'm not going to wear loincloth <laughs> And, and do you know and do our talk yeah out of respect actually i probably i, don't, I wouldn't want to wear a long, long cloth anyway <laughs> but but by and large though we don't you know we're not recording things or we're not writing things to be like oh you know this one thing was man josh's josh's house tour was really really popular we should start talking about only apartments yeah and, and minimalist apartments and that's going to get us the most views i mean right now if you go to youtube those that is the most views it's mm-hmm. josh's minimalist apartment tour and i guarantee if we started doing some kind of aesthetic apartment like we maybe we get more views maybe we get more subscribers but then i'm doing it for them not yeah. for you know not for people who who are like me that, that's why we started the website is because when i was going th- when we were going through our, all of our minimalism journeys i'm like dude there are people out there who are just like us and they need to hear this. And that is who I talk to. That is who we talk to. People who were kind of experiencing, you know, or going through the same thing. It's evolved much past that. As a creator, how has sort of woke culture affected what you guys do? Oh, you know what, dude? Like I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty uh sensitive myself i'm pretty mm-hmm. woke myself <laughs> <laughs> call me ryan woke nicodemus no man i mean it's uh, people give us a hard time every once in a while about something small i can't remember the last time in fact even if i did i wouldn't even want to talk about it because yeah. uh i feel good about what i do and like i very much go out of my way to consider other people's mm-hmm. um you know uh emotions and, and i mean case in point is just the cu- the cursing thing yeah. like that is being considerate mm-hmm. like I, I i can look in the mirror and be like okay ryan to say fuck every other word yeah. it's a like people aren't going to hear your message you're just going to hear the f word um and yeah and b like it's offensive to some people and uh yeah like i so i feel like i go way out of my way to like to not offend anyone and yeah of course there's going to be because that's the culture we live in mm. it's the culture of outrage yeah uh but yeah i mean it's it's like if someone tweets me something i'll just i just look at them like they're a seagull man like they're just like flying by yeah they're shitting on my stuff and then they fly away (laughs) and why would i ever like if a seagull actually shit on me i mean what i mean yeah you're not tweeting back i'd wipe it off yeah i'm not gonna like chase the seagull down yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna sit there and like go to bed at night like oh that's seagull like i'm gonna just in fact when i was in australia we were in uh at heron island yeah and i think the ratio of birds to people is like literally like a thousand birds to one person (laughs) that's there on heron island 
and you are you are going to get shit on every day. <laughs> it's Twitter. Yeah, yeah, you are, yeah, yeah. It's Twitter. <laughs> right. And you know what? Every time a bird crashed me, I was just like, I am so lucky to be on Heron Island right now. <laughs> like, this is so nice to be on Heron well, Island. People think it's good luck, right? Being shit on? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. heard that before. But it's the same thing in Twitter. Like, it's it's like people <laughs> might shit on our work, but there there is a difference, though, between criticism and feedback. If someone's trying to give me feedback, hey, Ryan, you cussed too much in that episode. I wanted mm-hmm. my five-year-old to listen to that, but we're really trying to show them the importance of cuss words. And you said the F word about 20 times. So um, unfortunately, I can't play that episode for my five-year-old. That That is feedback. Mm. Criticism is like, hey, man, you didn't, you know... You didn't whatever it it is a um, I'm trying to think of some woke well, stuff, people, but I don't want to offend love, anybody. I guess people love calling out when they think you're not being a minimalist. Yeah, that's yeah. Like the, that's yeah, criticism. Like, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Criticism is like, hey man, uh, like what you do, but I saw that you fly an airplane, so you're not a minimalist, <laughs> and and I'm and it's like, okay, if that's how that person yeah. feels, yeah. what am I gonna what am I well, gonna? Well, they say? don't need a fucking plane. They're a seagull. It's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. what about between you and Josh? Uh, feedback how do you approach internal that? feedback oh dude no we him and I are very good about being radically honest with each other um, we are it's weird because we both play this like mentor to each other and so that makes us both mentees to each other and I think that's why what we do works so well is because it's, it's like this good yin and yang I mean nothing he ever like he knows and that's just because we've known each other since we were you know in the fifth grade I'm never going to just criticize him for the sake of criticism like if I say something to him he knows his feedback and vice versa do you catch yourself like say um, uh, Tommy and I were talking the other day mm-hmm. and I felt that he wasn't being empathetic in the moment and I catched myself or caught myself uh, pulling him up on shit and I was and it was me not being empathetic mm-hmm. like I was almost doing a bit you were projecting and, it yeah, yeah. And then I picked up and I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And we had like a great conversation. Yeah. And it was like, it was all good. But th- I think that's a sign of like, that's a sign of a good partnership when you mm. can kind of be honest with each other. Yeah. And even like, um, I mean, Josh and I don't like really get into fights, but if we ever have and I'm wrong, like I'm very, even with Mariah, you can ask her, it's like, you know, I'll, it'll be later in the day after we had a, you know, some kind of disagreement. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, you know what? Like I was wrong. And I have no problem admitting that I'm wrong. Yeah. And like that, that's going to make for good relationships in general. I mean, think about what you want out of a relationship, man. You want to trust someone. Mm. You want someone to be genuine. You want them to be consistent. You want someone to show you respect. Like that's, whether it's romantic, whether it's a partnership, whether it's friendship, like that's what you want out of relationships. So if you can do those four things, like you're going to get along with a lot more people than not. Minimal. If they don't give that back to you, then fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of the content is obviously around minimalism. Mm-hmm. How do you um, deal with the moments where it's obviously a lifestyle that you live? Do you have moments of being like, I can't be fucked talking about minimalism today? Oh, yeah, dude, all the time. It's so funny. Like, I love having meaningful conversations. Yeah. But, uh, like, I, l- I have friends in LA who. I don't know what they do for a living yeah. and they don't know what I do for a living. I've just met them at random places and we're friends and we Baby hang out dealer. and then like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. No, no. So like, um, my buddy, uh, he, the other day he was like, dude, I just, I saw the minimalist stuff come up and he's like, you're one of the minimalists. I'm like, yeah. He's like, we should have conversations. I'm like, dude, I like hanging out with you cause we don't talk about minimalism. Yeah. What are you talking and about? It, and it's not that I don't like talking about minimalism, <laughs> but like, 
the thing is, is like I do that for work yeah. constantly. So uh-huh. I, 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 this the and very it ruins the vibe at the strippers. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, 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 I can't hear you. I'm pretty congruent yeah, with can, my life. Candy's, candy's on top. I am like, no, I'm pretty <laughs> congruent with my life outside of this. Man. What's I Ryan saying? Is he doesn't yeah. go to the strippers. But like, here, here's the thing, man. Is like uh, to put it simply, I have a life outside of minimalism. Yeah. And some people, yeah, they, I, I guess. They <laughs> the worst question is like just, I was at, I was I forget where I was and this girl was like oh, are you going to the minimalist she's like so what's your favorite thing about minimalism <laughs> I was just like I was like please, please not do this <laughs> and so what do you what, what's you and your buddy talk about what's this what's oh, the man, conversation we play, you uh, like we play, you uh, we play oh no we play board games dude his dad is a screenwriter we talked about like uh you know a lot of his like the 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 world that he was part mm. of the Hollywood world that he was part of. Um, we what talk board about games? What, what are you playing? Uh, Catan is what oh, we've been playing right. recently. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. Um, we need to set some time aside for Civilization. Uh-huh. I've never played the computer game, so Civilization. I haven't either. No, I've only played the board game. But the board game—it's like an eight-hour game for four people, <laughs> especially if they're new. Yeah, like it's definitely like an eight-hour board game, but it's so much fun, man. So yeah, I mean, we just like yeah, we just talk about. Uh, he went to Burning Man recently. He was telling me about that experience. I mean, you know, just we just talk about our everyday lives, dude, and that's it. Like. We're friends. We have commonalities, same interests. Mm. So we're just constantly talking about our commonalities and same interests. Mm. Sometimes minimalism comes up, and I am happy to talk about it. Don't get me wrong, mm. but but to your point, like I don't just always talk about minimalism. Yeah. Well, finding being able to find a job where it can be a part of your life to a huge extent means that the job doesn't feel as much like a job. But then you don't want to be. You don't want to be your job. Mm. Yeah. It's is like that, asking it, Uber drivers, what, like, how long have you been doing this for? You know? Well, <laughs> but, but that's appropriate, though, because, like, you are... You're in yeah, their you're car coming, yeah, as sure. they're working. Yeah, sure. It would be like someone coming on my podcast yeah, wanting sure. to talk about minimalism and me being like, let's not talk about that. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I do love talking about it. sounds like it. you love talking but about it. how Ubers. do you not make here's, it your... Who you are, your being? So here's the thing, is that... First off, I want to go back to what you said about if you're doing something you love, you feel like you're really not working. Mm-hmm. Um, that is true to an extent, meaning I feel really lucky. I don't have a boss, but I work, we work a lot, mm-hmm. dude. So there's something in Western culture, you know, uh, there's this idiom that goes along some, something like, uh, if you find a job you love, you never work another day in your life. Yeah. Bullshit. That might actually mm-hmm. happen to somebody. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, there's always an exception to the rule, but that's a really bad expectation mm-hmm. because what happens is, is you'll find something you're passionate about. You start to make money from it and then you start to resent it because then you have to do it to make the money mm-hmm. where when you did it before making money, you just did it in your free time and it was, it was fun to do. I heard a great adaptation to that, which is like, um, you know, if you find something you love, you'll mm-hmm. never work a day in your life, but you also never get a day off. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's good. That's yeah. great, man. That yeah. is true. So, so yeah, like. For me, the work I do, it is in alignment with my values and like it doesn't, well, actually even more important because, because not everyone can just, you know, become a minimalist, start a blog and a podcast. Mm. Like what I do doesn't go against my values. So the whole idea for Josh and I was to like pay off debt, get rid of stuff, sell my house, sell my car you know just get to as little debt as possible and then i was gonna be go be a barista man Hmm. like that was my goal barista i mean i do love coffee don't get me wrong but like i could have found a company that i liked i could have just you know paid the bills but really the idea of being a barista wasn't about like oh i'm gonna be a barista and like be it was about getting my time back so i think that is how you balance uh you know if you're doing something that you're passionate about you still have to have time outside of that 
to, to cultivate other things. I mean, dude, if I, if I was only passionate in, about minimalism, uh, that would really bum me out, dude. <laughs> like I'm passionate about so many more things, snowboarding, surfing, longboarding, wakeboarding, anything with a board except waterboarding. <laughs> I'm like, what's waterboarding? <laughs> what's waterboarding? Oh, no, what waterboarding is. <laughs> Tell me a sec. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> Actually, imagine like waterboard. Like I imagine like it's like, yeah, a, yeah. it's not skimboarding. It's not skimboarding. <laughs> but, it's a, but no, dude, like I, I have so many other passions outside of it. And that, I think that's the key to like maintaining a balance between like what you do for work as a passion and then you know, having other mm. passions to cultivate outside. And that's the other thing too, is like, we're not born to do one thing. Mm. So if you ever find the one thing that you were meant to do, you're screwed. Like the dude who invented the Polaroid, you know about this story? No. Nice. So the guy who invented the Polaroid camera, his whole thing was, was like, I just want to make an invention. It's going to make me millions of dollars and it's going to help millions of people. And he got there by like 40, 40, killed himself. Uh, After like five years, it wasn't long after, cause he was like, well, that was the one thing I meant, I was meant to do mm. and I did it. And now I have nothing else to live for. And like, Here's the other thing too is you saw digital coming, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But here's the thing too, man. Is like, let's say you you're a. All right, I'll use myself. If I am really interested in snowboarding, and then I go out and I become a professional snowboarder, and I win all the gold medals and all the contests, okay. Like the human brain is designed to like move on to the next thing. Like we master something, mm. we move on to the next thing. Master something, move on to the next thing. Um, I have no chance of becoming a gold medalist. Like I understand that, but but what I'm trying to say though is like that. There, it is. It is a really. It's a big bummer if you have only one thing that you're passionate about mm -hmm. in your life. The key is like to have a lot of interests, cultivate maybe some of those into passions. Um, if you can find a job that you know, great. It, like your interests are included in there and your passions are included in there. Great, but that again, that's also can be a double-edged sword. Um, when it comes to work, man, it's just like, find something that, you know, you can go to work and you're not killing puppies, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can do something unless you're a vet, unless you're a vet, are we just talking about hobbies? Like, are we need, like, are we missing hobbies in our lives? Are we missing hobbies? I don't know, man. Like are, you, you, are you missing hobbies? Uh, I mean, the, he, I, I sometimes think about the things that bring me the most joy or have the most fun, mm -hmm. skateboarding, all these things. And then I think about how often I do them. And so I might think I love them, but I don't do them as much as I feel like I love them. Yeah. And so a friend of ours, he's a, you know, he'd made a lot of money, lost it all. And, and he now speaks about his sort of rise back up and understanding that it's not all about the material stuff. It's, mm -hmm. you know, similar messages to, yeah. to what you guys do. But he's so convinced and he talks to these big corporates that don't have any hobbies in their life. Oh, like they're yeah. not finding an outlet outside of what they do. Which I, I guess is that mean, like, I guess maybe you can find meaning through hobbies. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think again, like we are, we are content. We're happy. We feel, you know, like we're living a meaningful life when we are, I th one, one of the pieces is when we are growing and when you are, you know, for me, I was in a sales job which I was really passionate about at first, man. Like, it was great managing salespeople. Like, there were pieces of it I liked, dude. I was a really good sales guy. Mm. Like, my whole thing was is because... What was a day in the life back then? <laughs> well, I mean, I had so many promotions, man. It was a different day, different... Keyword, you know, close. Depending close. on which year. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, when, when I would think of salespeople, you know, before I became a salesman, it was like kind of this icky feeling. Like, mm. oh, I gotta go talk to a sales guy. But then when I was a salesman, I was like, wait a minute. Like, people want to be sold yeah. people need help they just want you to be nice and they want you to be honest and they want you to be upfront. so like i really enjoyed what i did but i mastered it but 
unfortunately, I had made my life to where that's all I had time to do was to work. So you were selling cell phones? Were you? Or what were yeah, you? yeah, yeah, cell phones and internet and. How well, would you I mean, actually say if it was a call? If I was a customer. <laughs> I, I don't remember, dude. I don't Come on, you got to do a little bit of improv. I don't even remember, dude. <laughs> I don't remember. But, but he knows he'd sell you. He'd get yeah, yeah. I get you. <laughs> on what, on I'm what already so, he'd look, I'm such a good salesman. He's trying to get me to sell him. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What, do you remember the handset? Was uh, it like a fucking Nokia or Motorola? Or? Yeah, dude. We Yeah, we had all those. Except for iPhones because we, we had a regional carrier and we weren't big enough to buy enough uh-huh. iPhones uh-huh. so they w- we, they wouldn't sell to us because we mm. weren't we were we were small fish yeah. you, so you probably had an understanding of not tricks but not even manipulations but the psychology the maybe? psychology of no. the sale back D- in no, the day no, no sales is like you have to you have to be talking about something that you really believe in and then you have to show people the benefits of of hey this is why I like this thing mm. you might like it for this reason too like that's all sales is so not hard. I mean, that's sell. what it, that's what good sales that's is. What it yeah. is. I once yeah. had a car salesman. I thought I was in a, a movie scene. Wrote it down on a piece of paper and slid it across the table. And I said, "What is this?" <laughs> I said, "Mate, that's not what you just said." He was just like, "It was out of control. Oh, it was wow. bad sales. It was very bad it was sales." Bad sales yeah. Have you taken the skills because you said it was you know something that you were good at? You found it as one of your skill sets well this but, but the skill set though is just being able to have an honest conversation about something yeah. mm-hmm. so yes i have honest conversations right now mm. i mean yeah i mean that's well the other thing too is public speaking like managing a bunch of people that i mean that totally honed in some public speaking stuff it's like you know i can go in front of a crowd so like the first time we ever did a tour and you know there's people in front of us i was already used to speaking in front of people so yeah there's certainly things that i took from that corporate world that i really managing is i you know another skill that i mm. took from there so yeah there's certainly even you know the worst job i've ever had uh, uh there was still something i could take away from it mm. yeah but, People, that, but so goes life yeah, man i mean yeah. you're probably gonna live a happier life if you can look back at something you hate and be like you know what though that actually did give me this and that like yeah. you're probably gonna live a happier life people who might be telling themselves the story of you know i i I want to sort of downsize i want to do the things that you do get Mm -hmm. out of debt sort of remove that congestion in my life but i can't do it until i get a raise or until i well have have a plan yeah you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna listen to any of josh and i's podcasts or this podcast and then get the magic answer to be like oh i can quit my job tomorrow and start a blog and be okay like that's never the case i mean what josh and i do is we talk to people about dealing with these impulses how to have good habits in your life so that you can work towards a plan that will ultimately get you to where you want to be i mean mm. yeah i had a packing party and got all my stuff packed up dude and uh literally like josh came over and had boxes and boxes everywhere dude and i unpacked things as i needed it for three weeks literally everything dude like every single th- I, the only thing we didn't pack Sounds up was so my, annoying i know it was well it was fun though man because like we called it a packing party josh doesn't drink but i was just like you know had some beers and like ordered a couple pizzas and <laughs> it was great man um no boom boxes the furniture we had to cover because like you know you can't put that in boxes <laughs> but uh after those three weeks i had just had like this realization of like oh there's 80 percent of my stuff still sitting in the boxes like there's something there's a there's something wrong with this picture mm. and that was the whole you know the precipice of the minimalists mm. um 
but yeah, I mean, that wasn't certainly, I didn't just quit my job after that. I was like, oh, packing party. Now I can quit my job. It was like, it just helped me realize all of these things that I brought into my life to make me happy. There were thousands of dollars that could have been in, went towards debt, could be in my retirement account. So I was like, oh, I have to start making different decisions. So then I started making different decisions. And then I got laid off about, I don't know, a year later after after that packing party, a year and a half later after the packing party. So for someone who's trying to do what we do, yeah, it's really simple, but simple ain't easy, man. Mm. Like simple is simple is go, what, e, what is easy is going with the flow. That's what's easy. Simple is um, simple is deliberate. And I think we, you know, too often confuse simple with easy. So uh, yeah, anyone can absolutely pay off their debt, can have a nice retirement. If they're not making decisions today that are getting them, you know, uh, taking them down that path, they have to start making different decisions and anyone can make different decisions, man. What's, what's your relationship with social media? Um, it's, it's a tool, man. Mm-hmm. Social media is, it is whatever you make of it. Um, mm-hmm. I could sit here and tell you why I love Twitter. I could sit here and tell you why I hate Twitter. Um, I think with anything in our lives, it's about finding a balance and, making sure that the tools we have in our lives, we're using them appropriately. You know, if I had a hammer and I'm hammering a nail, great. If I'm hitting you over the head with it, not great. It's the same tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you know, so I, I look at social media the same way. Um, Could you I imagine s- if just everyone was on the train looking at their hammer, just, every, <laughs> just walking across the street and hammers. hammers. It'd be so weird. Yeah, it is weird, man. We know it's, we're living in some strange times for sure. And social media is, it is doing something strange. Cause I'll tell you, even well, just the smartphone in general. Um, I will sit down in the movie theater to watch a movie, and I'm like, I have to talk myself out of grabbing my phone, and I don't even know why I'm grabbing it. It's like, I don't know, man. Even as one of the minimalists, mm-hmm. man, like I, str- I struggle with it. it. Again, like there's no magic answer that's gonna like take care of all your problems. It's it's about accepting, you know, these the tools we have, these things we have available to us. And learning how to deal with all the impulses that come along with that. And I think if you can learn how to deal with those impulses, it's much better than getting rid of them anyway. A lot of people need to make hard cuts. Or they think they need to make hard cuts. So for me, quit alcohol this year. Mm -hmm. I thought I won't even, you know, I wasn't even drinking that much. But I drink most weekends is what I'd done Mm -hmm. since I was 13. Mm -hmm. But I saw cutting it off as the way... Are you happier? Yeah. uh, I think we're... Are you better? I think we're doing more. I'm enjoying... Um, taking care of myself more. Yeah. I think I'm a better husband, a better business partner. Mm-hmm. So I see the the benefits. Drinking's fun. Drinking makes you feel good. Right. <laughs> but that I know is uh, not forever. You yeah. have a drink and an hour later, you're sober. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are cutting out things. I know Aubrey Marcus, he's quit sex for six months. Mm. There's a bunch of things that... Dude, this is like some <laughs> weird... I just saw this uh, thing today. Um, it was like Silicon Valley... Uh, dopamine fasts dopamine dopamine fasts so like basically they try to they they they, uh will not they'll yeah they will not do any activity you can think of associated with dopamine sex drugs alcohol partying Mm. watching tv like they literally like try to fast themselves from dopamine I don't know, man. I, I, if you guys haven't heard about that, look it up. No, it's, pretty, it's, it's full it's on. It's crazy, yeah. Well, I mean, Dopamine fast. Uh, you've sort of put a stop to a certain lifestyle in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you see it going with 
these cuts and what are you, what are you interpreting people quitting stuff is it the answer of making a hard cut i think i think if you can master balance like that's probably the secret to life um it's not very easy to do, especially when everything is at your fingertips and everything is in your face. Like I often think about if I moved out to LA at 25 years old, it would have probably chewed me up and spit mm -hmm. me out, man. But like now after going down the roads I've gone down and the lessons I've learned, I can live in LA and like, it doesn't phase me. I mean, I still see a Tesla. I'm like, God, I'd love to have a Tesla. But ultimate, Did you get a Tesla? No, but nah, I get one. No, here's a, here's <laughs> a, here's you get a, a fucking a, lease here. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. Month. but here, but here, here's, here's the thing about a Tesla is like, I know that I'm lying to myself when I say, oh, I would enjoy L.A. more if I had a Tesla. Oh, traffic wouldn't be as bad. I, still I, reckon, you, I reckon you we've would. We've said all of nah. those things. No, but I reckon you would. Man, you'd be able to fucking... It'd be great. I think the 405? No worries. Yeah, I just put it on autopilot. <laughs> you get shit done. Yeah, no? dude. I guess, dude. But like, it, 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 would be, it would be... Here's the thing. Is okay. I'll, I'll give you an example, Josh. Okay. I had a dream. I got a Tesla. Okay. I had a dream that like I did. I was like, you know, screw it. Yeah. I like dipped auto in, accident. I dipped into. I dipped <laughs> into my. Yeah. I dipped into my house fund. Yeah. I paid cash for it, man. Yeah. I don't, like, but that's the problem. Don't pay cash. Just lease. Right. Go on. So I had the Tesla, and I was in my dream. I was driving it, and the feeling I had, it was. I guess regret would be the best way to say it. And it wasn't regret, like as in why did I do this? I just remember being in my Tesla, and I was like. This is cool, but like, you know, I, I, it didn't make me as happy as I thought it would. And mm -hmm. I think that is actually what we do in our lives. We, we lie to ourselves and we say, oh, like personally, I would enjoy L.A. more if I had a Tesla. But as soon as I bought a Tesla, yeah, I'd get a little bit of maybe a little bit of dopamine. But I'm expecting that much dopamine. Yeah. And I only get like a little bit. And that's, I think that's a symptom of something that we do in general. So is it almost, are you scared of things where you have high expectations? Yeah, dude. and yeah, I guess, yeah, it totally goes back to so that. So maybe if it was like, you know what, I'm going to get the Tesla. I've got high standards. It's a quality car. <laughs> right. I am going to enjoy it, but I realize it's not going to change my life. Yeah. However, I'm going to do everything I can to uh, do the things. And I want to be the guy with the Tesla that go goes on road trips. I'm not knocking anyone who has a nice car or who uh -huh. has a Tesla. I don't have a Tesla. I would love a Tesla. Yeah. But, I don't have one. but I'm just saying like, for me... Um, the reward is not as much as my brain is telling me it is. Yeah. But I only know this because I've been doing this for the last, I've been talking myself out of things for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And that's really like what minimalism has helped mm -hmm. me do. It's not like buy our books, listen to our podcast, watch your documentary, and you're going to not want to, you're not going to want to buy anything mm -hmm. ever again in your life. Like it's just learning how to deal with those impulses that we constantly get. Mm -hmm. And I've done such a good job and have built such good habits and of dealing with those impulses that now, yeah, the dopamine goes off thinking about getting a Tesla, but I'm like, it's really not. And even again, having that dream, I felt like I was there. I felt like I was there driving it. I mean, I did not realize it was a dream until I woke up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like I had a Tesla. And even in my dream, I was like, huh. It's so interesting. Because yeah, yeah. I get it. I do. I like it. I think that like we do that with all different types of things. I do that oh, with yeah. my weight. I'm like, once I get to this weight, if I'm like, if I can fit, I'll fit into these clothes mm. and then I'll be able to do this and that and I'll feel better. You ever heard of Object A? No. Dude, there's a great podcast. Uh, Rob Bell and uh, Peter Rollins did this podcast all about Object A. And Object A is this thing. It's, we tell ourselves... If we get X, if we lose enough weight, mm -hmm. if we get a Tesla, if we stop drinking for a year, we tell ourselves like that's what we need mm -hmm. to complete our life. That's what's going to make us happy. 
And as soon as we get it, then there's a different object A. And Peter's whole thing is, and I'm only using his name because like, I don't want to, these are not my thoughts. These uh-huh. are Peter's thoughts. But his whole thing is, is like the secret to life is that there is no secret. And if I, I guess if I could just add to that, like think about, um, I've been watching, uh, um, the politician. Have you seen this on Netflix? Uh, no, so no. good, dude. So, um, there's this analogy in the show where this woman, she's like, Oh, you know, life is a shit tornado and it's got little bits of gold in it. And you got to like, you got to figure out how to live in this tornado and you gotta eat the shit, grab these little bits of gold. Yeah. But I was thinking about like literally being in a shit tornado and I thought to myself, my whole, I would be like trying to get, I tried to be staying shit free yeah. as much as possible. <laughs> and then I had this epiphany where I was like, you know, life is this shit tornado. Take the gold out of it. Life is a shit tornado. And it's not about trying to keep as much shit off of you as possible. It's being able to like look in the mirror covered in shit and being like, this is all right. This isn't that bad. I love that. You know what I'm saying? I could imagine a reenactment for your new documentary <laughs> in a shit tornado. tornado. A shit tornado. Yeah. yeah, That'd be great yeah. Fun. But that's, I mean, but that is, that's just it, man. It's like, not being able to fit in your clothes mm. you should be able to be happy with not being able to fit in your clothes I mean there are health there are some health things there yeah, are yeah. some you know I mean I'm not gonna when do we believe the stories that we tell ourselves so for me I was thinking for the year of no drinking it's gonna give me the best shot I think we'll be able to make the best of mm-hmm. this business this mm-hmm. new partnership the podcast my marriage all these things mm-hmm. when do we actually believe the stories well like, like I guess minimalism in some way for a lot of people is that object A yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think it could be, man. But here's the thing is like not drinking for a year. Maybe you were looking at it and thinking that, and this is possible. There are people out there who alcohol takes away. It, it inhibits them from fully, you know, uh, them committing to a relationship or a business project or whatever it may be. Maybe it is distracting. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it is important to believe. Yeah, you might have heart disease or mm-hmm. something. And you're like, oh, I got to lose weight because I have heart disease. Yeah. So I think what minimalism helps us do, though, is it helps us to really kind of choose what those what the important things are instead of thinking that everything that we feel like is important is important Mm. makes a lot of sense i mean it's a filter for life i think that that's the other thing is it's not like minimal minimalism looks different for every individual Mm -hmm. which i think is cool yeah um your netflix doco uh minimalism uh it was amazing i actually saw it before it was on Netflix. That's my little claim to claim to fame. <laughs> I went to a cinema in Melbourne and did the whole. You remember where it was like the gather? Get, yeah, yeah, did the whole gather dude. thing. Yeah, that was fun. we did. Yeah, it's so funny because hindsight, like we did, we did all these like film festivals. We yeah. went, we went to theaters and like we would have cut all that out. We would have just went like straight sh- to Netflix, straight to Vimeo. It didn't Vimeo. even. Oh really? Yeah, I mean Netflix only picked it up because it was on Vimeo, and it you know they were mm-hmm. like oh like this is. People are watching this. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's have it on Netflix. So, um, yeah, it's just funny thinking about that all because it was such a pain in the ass to get that in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> and like it just was not emotionally to, I, yeah, but you know, you learn your lessons of business. And so um, the the new documentary, have you got a title for it? Is it Minimalism 2? Uh, it's Less Is Now. Less Is Now. Is the name of the documentary. And is that the title it should be out of next, your sometime book? Next, is, have you got a book called Less Yeah, our is book now? that we're working on is, oh, no, no. Um, so the books we have right now mm-hmm. is Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. That's mm-hmm. the first book we wrote. Josh and I, we talk about um, what our foundational values are. And then um, from those foundational values, we have built off of that over the last 10 years. Uh, we have a book out there. Um, it's a collection of essays. And it's you can, you can get all of those essays on our website for free. 
Um, but we just kind of took the best of and like condensed it into one book. And then we have everything that remains, which is a nonfiction narrative of Josh and I going from, you know, suit and tie corporate guys to minimalists. And then we have a book that's coming out in like 2022 called, I'm sorry, 2021, uh, that's called love people use things. And then the documentary is less is now. Oh, awesome. And that'll be out next year. Yeah. We got a lot of, it's funny cause hindsight mm-hmm. It's like, God, we got a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. But when we started, it wasn't like, okay, we need to do three books. Yeah. We got to have two documentaries. We got to do the fourth book by 2021. I mean, this is these are things that, again, opportunities that have presented themselves. And we're like, oh, yeah, well, we can take that and put it on our plate. And we can create something meaningful. Awesome. Man, mm-hmm. I love uh, your outlook on, on life and that you don't take shit too seriously as well. <laughs> Dude, you can't, man. You just can't. <laughs> if When you start taking it too seriously, man, it's just, I don't know. I don't believe in reincarnation, but... Um, I feel like if you take life too seriously, like you're going to die and come right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going to do it again. <laughs> right. Like you learn nothing. <laughs> on that note, it's uh, The Daily Talk Show. If you've enjoyed the show, uh, feel free to share it on Instagram. Hi at thedailytalkshow.com is the email address. Definitely go check out The Minimalists on uh, Apple Podcasts as well. You guys are smashing it with the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah you can go to theminimalists.com and everything is there. there. Yeah. You can check us out. Convenient. Yeah. Uh, it's The Daily Talk Show. See you tomorrow, guys. See you guys. See you.